Yeah. Got a new show for y'all today. Got a damn good show. <laughs> that is my attempt of channeling my inner Hodge twins. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Just F and Send It podcast. As per usual, I'm your host, David Baker, and I'm doing something not per usual. Other than drinking beer, I am doing that. That is per usual. But uh, it is a Friday afternoon at like 3.30, and I have never recorded a podcast at this time ever. But I'm in a situation where I can pump uh, pump an episode out for you guys. Um, I've been struggling uh, getting stuff together to get stuff uh, guests for you guys. Um, still going to get Heath on. Still going to get James on. Um, but we've been pretty busy. Courtney left today for Florida. So me and me and little man going to hold it down for the weekend. And uh, I've only got about an hour and a half before I've got to leave. So I'll try to keep this episode within that time frame. I got to go pick Jax up from school and take him to jiu-jitsu. So um, we've got jiu-jitsu tonight. Well, technically we both do, but he will be going to jiu-jitsu tonight. Um, I, I help teach the kids class. Um, and uh, so we'll do that. And But then I'm not going to be able to roll tonight because I have no child care because as I mentioned, it's uh, me and Jax this weekend holding it down. Um, but anyway, uh, got a lot of stuff that's happened uh, since the last episode. Stuff I want to cover. Um, one being uh, me and Jax both got our stripes, our first stripes. Um, he got his. See, in jiu-jitsu, you've got different places do uh, different uh, the way they stripe white belts is different like you have the classical sense of you have a white belt and then boom you get a piece of tape just like they do all the other belts you get you know four stripes and then your next belt typically um but then you got other schools that do a colored stripe on your white belt and that's what uh east carolina brazilian jiu-jitsu does and jack's kids belts are different than uh, different colors. They don't have the same colored belts as the adults do. Um, but I've got my green stripe, which is the first stripe, but technically was supposed to have gotten or would have gotten my blue stripe, which would meant me bypass the green stripe. But, um, uh, professor Heath told me a few days before rank review, he said, you know, Baker, I'm going to put you up for your green stripe instead of your blue stripe because of your neck. I don't, he says he didn't want upper belts rolling me like a blue stripe with my neck issue. I got stacked on my neck um, pretty bad. And then also can opener in like the same week. If you don't know what that is, then it's just a really bad thing pulling your neck down. Basically getting stacked on your neck is your feet and your hips are above your head and their weight and you're on your back on your shoulders and then their weight is on your hips. So it's obviously a lot of stress on the back of your neck, you know, bending your head forward type. Um, and then the can opener is basically that, that they're pulling the back of your head forward to your, you're your touching your chin to your chest and all that stuff. And I was, I was out for uh, a week or so and um, it was a kind of a recurring thing. 
But he said, and honestly, I I didn't like it. The idea, it's not my place. I don't have a say so in it. But I, you know, I don't want anybody rolling me like with kid gloves on, right? I, I, if you're gonna, I want you to roll me like you would anybody else, whether you tap me in, you know, twenty seconds or if you know whatever may happen. So, but. You know, it is what it is. He he made that call, and he told me afterwards, after rank review was over with, he uh, he said that the next rank review, you know, I'll be going up for my purple stripe to bypass the blue stripe and then put me in the same place as everybody who just got a blue stripe. Um, but it, it's not about the rank, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I I had just made it very clear to him. My only, I guess, protest to it was I said. Heath, if you feel that I'm not ready for a blue stripe yet with my skill, then I will, I am all about getting what either no stripe or a green stripe, whatever you feel I deserve. I don't want anything. I don't want to be given anything that I haven't earned, but if he's, if I, my level skill level is a blue, then, uh, you know, the, the second stripe, then, you know, that's, you know, Whatever. And he was like, no, technically you're a blue stripe. I mean, but like I said, people are going to roll you differently. Upper belts are going to roll with you differently depending on what, you know, as a white belt, what stripe you have. And which I'm okay with them rolling. I like, they could roll me like they do a blue belt. I don't care. You know, I I roll with mostly upper belts anyway. Um, You know, and, you know, it is what it is. And almost every person that had gotten a blue stripe that that night, I had already tapped in the past. So it's like I said, it doesn't matter. It sounds like I'm salty and I'm not. I could, I'm, I'm enjoying the journey. I'm having fun. I'm loving it. Um, but that's that. But Jack's got his stripe and you couldn't tell that little motherfucker shit. I mean, he was proud, strutting like a peacock. Which I am, you know, thrilled about. I love it, and he's he's it just it kind of boosted him and and his enjoyment of it, and he's excited. So um, I love it. I love I love doing it, but I love him doing it more than I love doing it, and I I love helping him um, as well as the other kids. I really enjoy that uh, teaching the the juniors, you know the basics and stuff like that. It's, it's fun. I mean, I'm not trying to make it fun. I had the kids come over to me and hug me after, um, after class and they, they have, it seems that they're having a good time, but, uh, anyway, enough of jujitsu for now. Uh, I do have some things now. Mind you, some of these notes are like two weeks old or longer. Well, since the last episode, um, one being is I do have, a couple of questions that I need. I need to get them pulled up. Um, a couple of questions that uh, Jack Master from Snipers Hide, he had, um, and I'm sure he's listening, he had asked me prior to, uh, for, for the last episode, and I didn't, uh, somehow I, I missed them. I missed the, you know, the, the reading of them. Um, let me see if I've got them screenshotted and saved. If not, I'm going to have to pull them up. Should, fuck, I should have already done this. Um, I'll have to pull them up from my messages on Sniper's Hide. Um, but they, you know, Jack Masters obviously very, 
um, thorough in questions, and he is very. Uh, he always asks good. He's like the not that I'm a teacher and he's a student, but I mean I'm a student as well. But he is like the ideal student because he always asks very thought provoking in in what you would call the right questions, um, whether it be to Frank or any you know, any of that stuff. And he's he's really good. So, um, he, oh shit, he's got I forgot he has nine questions. I'm gonna run through these because quick as I can. Hey bud, if you need people in the podcast, I'd be happy to jump on with you. Things we can talk about. Uh, one, I just shot rifles only NRL today and got eighth place with a borrowed rifle. Cool. Well, these are just topics. Oh, well, it's not. Yeah, it's not really questions. It was just more so f- things that we could discuss um, if if he had came on. Sorry. Yeah, I remember. I thought that he had specific questions that he wanted me to ask um, for the Q and A episode, uh, which uh, I got uh, got the package for the uh, for the un- uh, underground precision uh, giveaway from the Q and A episode. I got it in yesterday and sent it out to will today the winner of the giveaway i do have a spare t-shirt uh from those guys it is an extra large um will's a a large so hey they didn't know they sent me a large and an extra large um i am going to give that one away as soon as i can come up with another um come up with another game or uh contest to do um, let's see the things that Will got in that package that he got the new rear bag, um, which I love it. I've shot one match with it and I've used a lot here at the house. Um, I'm the best rear bag I've used period. Um, it had a two round, uh, holder for the side of his rifle. It had stickers and a t-shirt. Was there anything else in there? I think that might have been it. Um, either way, awesome, awesome uh, deal uh, from Underground Precision and or Precision Underground, excuse me. And I, I do appreciate them uh, for participating in that. But like I said, I've got another T-shirt. I'm gonna figure out how I'm gonna do it. So let's go into my topics that I wanted to discuss. All right. So apparently, on some, I don't know if it was. Uh, some CNN bit or morning talk show a few weeks ago, they were talking about convincing people to get the vaccine. Now, whether you've got the vaccine, you don't, you don't have it, you plan to get it, you refuse to get it. To me, I don't care one way or the other. I haven't gotten it. I've gotten COVID. So, um, you know, I've got, I've got the, uh, the real deal vaccine and, uh, I just, I don't plan on getting it. I don't need it. I don't take the flu vaccine. I don't, I've, I haven't had the flu vaccine in years. Uh, I did the year Jackson was born is the only year since 2009 that I have gotten the flu vaccine. I got the flu 2009. I have not had it other than that one year. No. Since 2009, I got the flu in 2015, the year that I got the vaccine, uh, 
the year Jax was born, my wife said, there's no question about it. You're getting it this year. We have no, we can't be risking anything. I was like, fine, I'll do it for, for Jax and you. So, uh, I did that, got the flu. Um, since 2009, I haven't gotten it. Um, but anyway, this Chinese doctor comes on there, a representative of China. She's not like of Chinese descent that she's American. No, 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 no. This is a doctor from China says that freedom. This is a quote. Freedom is the carrot to convince people to get the vaccine. Basically, hey, if you want to open stuff up, if you want to go about your life, you want to be able to go to uh, uh, your kid's baseball game, if you want to go to a movie or a restaurant or a bar, here th- that's your carrot to, for, to convince you. It is your, your bait into getting your, those freedom back is, is uh, to get the vaccine. If you want to do these things, you got to take the vaccine. To me, the better correlation is not a carrot, but a piece of cheese in a mousetrap. Not to say that if you get the vaccine, you're going to die, you're going to get COVID or whatever. But no, it's the thing that they want you to do that you may not want. Obviously, a mouse doesn't want to get caught in a mousetrap. So the thing that you may not want that they're going to, your freedom is the cheese and for them to get you. Now, if you don't care one way or the other about the, getting the vaccine, then you don't need a carrot. You don't need the cheese. But if that isn't as telling as what, uh, if that isn't telling of what they're actually wanting to do, to emulate the Chinese government, that's exactly what the Chinese, either that or they just come grab you out of your homes and, and, you know, force it on you. Um, but you know, that's where they're wanting to head the, the vaccine passport. You can't fly, you can't travel. You can't go out of state without this vaccine. I got your passport right here. Okay. And you can fucking suck it. Um, even if I got it, got the vaccine, I refuse to carry around some vaccine passport to go travel. That is an that is like the most egregious infringement on someone's right. Um, it, it's scary times we're in. Scary. I mean, needless to say, 2020 was possibly one of the scariest years of my life, other than maybe 2001. But as far as a government, what the the veil is getting removed. And showing who they truly are and what their true intentions are. Um, and now with the uh, the Biden Biden and uh, Kamala Harris administration, they don't even care anymore. And yes, I am drinking beer right before I go teach kids jujitsu, so don't judge. Um, also on the Biden front, Biden goes and starts. Working on Trump's wall. I thought walls were racist. Well, it's just to fix the holes. Well, isn't that what any part of a wall is? A hole between here, this point, and that point? Putting up, That's building the wall. And yet somehow that's been given the pass, except for a few super ultra uh, lunatics like... Um, 
Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, all those dumb horses cunts. Uh, they they did call him out, so kudos to them for being uh, you know non hypocritical about that. But the rest of the left, it's it, oh, it's swept under the rug, and you don't hear about it. It's absolutely amazing. So he wouldn't call it a crisis at the border, but anything that was wrong at the border was Trump's fault. When this wasn't going on, the the level of this wasn't going on. When Trump was in office, not to mention the caravan coming up here all had fucking Biden T-shirts on. Now, where the hell did they get those? Now, I was listening to Dan Crenshaw, which I have my res- I, a lot of things I like about Dan Crenshaw. There's a lot of things I have reservations on. I, it's both can be true at the same time and be OK. Um, but I listened to his podcast with uh, Joe Rogan. He's talking about how, yeah, a lot, a lot of people want to immediately go to, oh, it's George Soros. Uh, you know, doing that because he's, you know, pro open borders and everything. And like he said, and rightfully so, it may be, but we don't know. But what is the more likely, uh, what is a more likely scenario there? It's probably drug cartels. Drug cartels want open borders. They know that appealing, them appealing to, well, not the drug cartels themselves, but the illegal immigrants appealing to Joe Biden is uh, intuitive for their business because they make, I mean, tens of millions of dollars a year on human trafficking across that border. So that's exactly what they want. And that's what, uh, that's more than likely. I mean, all it is, you can buy a fucking on Amazon, go buy, you know, 45 Biden t-shirts and pass them out to a group of, um, illegal immigrants and boom, you got exactly what we have down there. So who knows either way. Uh, they had a damn Trump shirts on. I know that. Um, let's see, I'm just going to start and just knocking these out. Just give you some things that I want to talk about. And I'm trying to, like I said, I'm in kind of a hurry. Um, let's see. Jo- All right. So there was the thread on Sniper's Hide about George Floyd, the whole George Floyd case, because Derek Chauvin's trial is currently going on right now. His defense. Um, you know, I be everybody's Monday morning quarterbacking, and I get that. That's all we can do at this point. And you know, anything really a what if scenario? It's all speculation, and it is uh, it's just that it is Monday morning quarterbacking. It's not going to change anything that happened. It's a lot easier to say what should have happened than rather than doing the right thing at the time given the situation. Um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out about you know in his defense about well what really led to his death was was it the knee or was it the four times the lethal the lethal dose of fentanyl in his lungs um and uh the the fact you know there's been people who have done um what's his name fucking crowder i can't remember his first name louder to crowder um he has he had on one of his podcasts and videos, whatever. He had someone that weighed the exact same as Derek Chauvin, and he weighs roughly the same thing as uh, George Floyd himself. He had his employee kneel kneel on his neck, neck, his back and neck for longer period of time than George Floyd did, and he was like, "Yeah, that was uncomfortable, and I'm fine. I didn't like it. I wasn't supposed to like it." George Floyd wasn't supposed to like it, but I also didn't have lungs filled with fluid because of fentanyl. 
and uh, showing that that is not lethal. That the knee on the neck or back for that amount of time is not the lethal thing. The lethal thing is that plus, you know, being on like 14 different fucking drugs and copious amounts of it. But in the thread, I brought up a point because it was what was going on was what I just mentioned. It was Monday, Monday, Monday morning quarterbacking, right? So what I had suggested, given what, you know, my area of expertise back in the day was. If there had been a canine on scene, I don't know that we would all know who George Floyd is. People are like, huh? and then somebody on there was like, well, how does, how does a canine help in this situation? You know, da, 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 da. Did you watch the video? Yes, I did. Now, what this person did not understand is a canine being utilized does not necessarily mean a canine putting teeth on somebody. Okay. I cannot tell you how many times we had officers uh, come to us uh, for, you know, or after they have purchased their dog from us or they're getting a, a second dog. And we're talking about SOP. We're talking about, um, you know, different scenarios of things that's happened to them in the field with their, their, their canine. Um, it's been statistically proven that uh, suspects have that they are like it's astronomically one sided suspects adhere to the commands of an officer accompanied by a canine way more than an officer that is literally has a gun pointed at them. Like not just all cops have guns, not just on them. No, a gun pointed at them. They adhere to the dog. The, the dog handler's commands <coughs> more often and in, in, uh, in, in better, I guess. So how would you use it in this case? Okay. Especially, oh, he also mentioned that he's hopped up on drugs. So no rational decision. I'm, I'm here to tell you, unless you've had an 85-pound, pointy-eared, walking pair of teeth snapping at you in front of you and barking, incessantly you don't understand how psychologically it taps into something that's absolutely primal something beyond reason it's it's fight or flight flight normally wins there or compliance um and also it's self-preservation you know as you're sitting there with your hands up and you're thinking about running you know that if that officer decides to pull the trigger on a gun, he has some answering to do. No matter what the media may tell you about today, about cops shooting everybody all willy-nilly, uh, no, that cop has to answer to somebody. Or at bare minimum, at bare minimum, has to live with the, live with the fact that he shot and possibly killed somebody, right? You also know that that dog does not give a shit and wants nothing more than to eat you, to chew you into fucking pieces. And there's going to be very little accountability for that. The dog has no accountability. The officer may, depending on the situation, excessive force or whatever, but in this situation where you do not comply with a law enforcement officer's commands, nine times out of ten, they have the right to 
send the canine on you. Okay. That if you, if you had an officer now, also I'm under no delusion that a canine could be at every call. I know that. I'm just saying that those officers, not to my knowledge, ever called for canine. Now, at the very beginning, when they got, when he was uh, resisting getting out of the vehicle, one officer is there handling George, talking with George, say, you need to get out of the vehicle. Another officer is behind him with a barking dog. Okay. He is more likely, hey, hey, I'm going to get out. Just don't send that dog on me. Now, it don't always work either. We've all seen the videos on YouTube, and, and I, you know, well, I certainly have, of dogs getting having to be sent into cars. But his level, his level, George's in this particular case, was not to the point where he was ready to fight, because otherwise he'd have fought those officers, like, like really, really fought, not just resisted. He would have said, square up, let's throw blows. He didn't do that. Okay. It was more so I'm not doing what you tell me to, but I'm trying to talk my way out of it. I'm trying to like act like I'm sick or I'm, I can't breathe. He said that before the fucking knee ever went on his neck or his back. But I'm telling you right now, 99 times out of 100, if that situation played out with that particular suspect and in that particular situation, he would have complied. Okay. And if he didn't, you send the dog in. And you pull the dog out while the dog's connected to him, and he's out. And he's probably going to do anything you want him to do to get that dog off of him. Now, would it have? could that officer have gotten in trouble for that? Maybe. I don't know. I doubt it. But if he did, it would not have made national news. We would not have had the United States burn to the fucking ground for months on end last summer. And again here recently um, because of it. It may have may have never left uh, Minneapolis news, right? Uh, it, it probably is. Was it in Minneapolis? I can't even fucking remember. Yeah, it was. It was Minneapolis. So uh, you have that situation, okay? Then let's say there was no need for it. There. Fast forward to the whole car situation. If again, it's the same thing. It, it the same uh, functionality applies to when he was in his own vehicle and to when when he was in the police vehicle, or at least outside the police vehicle when they pulled him back out and he was kicking the officers and everything. You put a dog six inches in front of his fucking face, snarling, slobbering, chomping, biting, clacking teeth. If you've never heard that and you've had that that close to your face before then you can't appreciate what that actually does. Now, coming from me, an experienced decoy, I've worked, I, I, don't, I, I don't even know, I don't, have a, I don't have a data point of how many dogs that I have worked from all over the country and in the world uh, over, the, um, over in Europe. But me, an experienced decoy, who I've got scars over my body, I was at any time, if I, when I was done, it looked like someone beat me with a fucking bamboo stick on my arms and legs and everywhere else I got bit. I know that and accept that even still, even in a suit, when we're working on barking holds and stuff like that, when you've got that dog right there, it's tapping into something primal. Okay. A man who knows, I, I know I could depend on the dog. I could probably break this dog. I'm in a suit, right? So he can't bite me there, but so hard and it, it caused, but so much pain. It doesn't feel good by any means, but, uh, even even still, knowing that, I, it still it taps into something primal. 
when you don't know dickus about dogs or, or maybe even have a, a natural fear of dogs and then you've got one of these things in front of you doing that or exhibiting that behavior, you are a thousand times more apt to comply with the dude holding the fucking leash. Okay? It could have been a literal hands-off situation. Dog sitting right there. Cops got him by the cuffs, back behind his, behind his back, sitting him on the ground. Boom. Get it figured out. And then either get him some help, whatever you got to do. I'm telling you, it would have only helped. It could not have hurt the situation under no circumstances. Let that maybe be a, a talking point amongst, not because I said it, but I hope that concept becomes a talking point amongst other departments going forward because this information or what this concept does nothing for that, that situation now. That's all over said and done with. Going forward, let that be something to be considered for writing SOPs or anything like that. Standard operational procedures. Let's see if we can maybe boost our canine department. Let's get an extra couple dogs on our department. Let's see if we can get an extra couple on each shift. Let's see if we can get uh, maybe free up a little bit of the, the uh, red tape on, on use of dogs. Because at the end of the day, no one is dying from the dog. Right? You pull that trigger, there's no taking that back. You just better hope they survive or you're going to have another one of these situations happen. But to say, to say that the, a dog would not have helped the situation, people are like, oh, if you not, you don't remember the civil rights movement with dogs? Right. Yes, I do remember that. Do you know how often dogs get deployed every day as it is right now? And you don't hear about it in the fucking news. No. You hear about dude with his knee on his neck and him dying. Now, Right now, they just got to, they got to figure out and prove without a, a shadow of a doubt that he died from the knee on the neck and not a host of things, other, other contributing factors like the drugs and all that shit. But you've never, we've never had anything like what we're experiencing now happen because a dog was utilized. Period. Okay. A dog is trained to do one thing. A dog also has a mind of its own. Uh, there's so many different avenues to take to, if you want to call it avoid liability or culpability from use of a canine, a canine, a dog cannot talk. He cannot tell you I had ill intentions. I had good intentions. I had, no, no, no. A dog is taught to do one thing. It is up to the handler to use that dog, but it's less than lethal force period. It's less than lethal, but yet been proven statistically more effective in getting gaining compliance from a suspect period to me a canine and and some of the highest generals in the military will tell you there is no piece of technology or equipment that is more valuable to the to the safety of our troops as a working dog is for ied protection um stuff like that uh building clearing, building clearing, um, stuff like that. There, there is no replacement for those dogs. Uh, same thing in law enforcement when it comes to compliance. There's to me, a pointed gun, apparently due to the data, a, a gun is less, um, 
likely to gain the compliance that an officer needs as a canine would. So that's that's something to be thought about. Um, <laughs> back to the COVID thing a little bit. We had me. All right. So I had a little bit of a funny situation. So everyone remembers me talking about Bosco passing away. And uh, Jax has been wanting another pet in the house. Now, he hasn't necessarily said he wanted a dog. He does want a dog, but he also wants something else, like something in a tank, something weird. Well, I was like, all right, let's look at a bearded dragon. So we had him all pumped up about a bearded dragon. I was like, all right, we're going to go get a bearded dragon. We went to PetSmart. They were out of bearded dragons. Um... We went to then went to Petco. Like we were gonna buy one that night. This was Tuesday night. We were gonna buy one that night. We went to Petco. Now my wife is feels the same way I feel about masks. Wearing masks in public. I don't wear one. Like I don't only the only place I wear one is the courthouse. Uh, when I have to go there weekly for uh, eviction papers and stuff like that involving work. That's the only place I wear one. Um, sometimes the post office. But anywhere else, I'm not wearing a, I'm not wearing a fucking mask. I'm not. I've had COVID. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to give it. I'm good. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not complying. Well, uh, but she will do it just to prevent someone from saying something. But in the past, like in the movie theater, we went one time when the movies theater opened back up back late last fall. Some weirdo that tears the tickets. Like I've already been in the in the the, the main lobby part, pay for the, everything, and we're walking in. You the guy tears ticket and tells you what theater to go to. He said something about it, and before I can really tell him to go fuck himself, my wife jumped in and said he has a medical condition. He doesn't have to wear one, and which I I can I can wear one. It doesn't matter. I just refuse not to. But, and then he was, you know, he didn't know what to say. And I was like, look, dude, either I'm going to this theater, uh, you know, nicely, or I'm going to this theater and telling you to suck a dick, but I'm either way I'm going to this theater. So back the fuck up. Um, and he did, but so we're going to Petco and she's worried about that situation. Again, we were in the Mustang and we didn't have a Nair mask. Didn't have a single one. So we go in, I'm in there for a few minutes and, uh, Dude comes over to us. They had like eight or nine bearded dragons. So we're literally about to buy one. Mask mount. He said, sir, yeah, I'm going to need to ask you guys to wear a mask. Um, I was in, and before I can say anything. Courtney says he's already had COVID and he has a medical condition. So he doesn't have to wear one. She says, I'll wear one. Um, but he, he's not going to wear one. I'm like, damn it, Courtney, let me handle it. Because I would literally have just put my hands over Jackson's ears and said, fuck you. I'm not wearing a fucking mask, asshole. And the same outcome would have happened because he, but he said, ma'am, in order to shop here, you have to be wearing a mask. And then I said, well, what about him? And he pointed to Jackson. He said, oh no, he's fine. He's little. And Courtney said, well, that's not even like, she says, well, that's even stupid. I mean, there's your super spreader right there. Typically is a child. It doesn't, I mean, <laughs> and then he said, well, these are medical grade masks. So your husband should be fine. And before, again, before I can say anything, my wife says, 
That's not how what medical grade means, but we can argue about that later. And finally, she said, you know what? Fine. She took her mask and threw it on the floor and said, we're leaving. And I was like, oh, fuck. All right. Well, I guess we're leaving. So without me even to really get in, like I wanted to be the one to, because I wanted to say what I wanted to say, because her argument, I guess, stung less than what mine would have been. But she just, she can't help herself. And Jax, poor Jax, he doesn't know what's going on. He sees that mommy is mad and angry and uh she uh and and he's not getting a bearded dragon we're leaving he's getting upset i'm like buddy look you're too young to understand what's really going on but the one thing you can understand is that sometimes there comes a time to where you have to stand up for what you believe is right whether sometimes that means sacrifice in this case it's us leaving and not getting a bearded dragon tonight okay so and i said but look you will get a bearded dragon and not from these assholes but you will you will get a bearded dragon i promise you you will and he uh he understood and well understood as good as a five and a half year old can understand but you know he he dried it up and nodded his head and said yes sir and and that was that but it's just proof that that guy was a perfect example on multiple things so first of all in the state of north carolina governor cooper our fucking wonderful awesome piece of shit governor his mandate his executive order when this whole thing started with covid in the masks was if someone has a medical condition they are exempt from the mask mandate and you as a whatever you are, a store or whatever, you are prohibited from asking for proof of med- said medical condition. Well, first of all, that just violates HIPAA, period. I mean, number one. But second of all, it's none of your goddamn business of what my health issues are. So he violated that. Um. And second of all, his stupid all his stupid opinion on medical mass. You realize that the medical mass means that it's better at keeping stuff from coming in the mask, like air, right? So if you have a medical condition involving your breathing, which I don't, but if I did, then the medical mask would in theory, be worse for me than a non-medical mask. Well, I mean, look, the, the, the little fucking face bras that everybody wears don't do shit anyway. Medical masks actually do a little something as far as keeping stuff from coming in. I'm not going to say they work great, but the reason why is because they do a better job of keeping air and particles in the air from coming in. That doesn't mean that you can breathe better with it on. It's actually the contrary, too. So that guy was a fucking idiot for that. And then the comment about Jax doesn't have to wear one because he's little. Well, first of all, he's five and a half. He's not a baby. He's five and a half years old. Uh, he's had COVID. He's the one who probably gave me COVID. All right? <laughs> me and my wife, we got COVID because of our five-year-old. Uh, so he's okay? Just shut the fuck up, dude. You're, nothing you have said is based off of 
any type of science or any type of common sense or logical thinking. Uh, so that, but is that not just the the typical picture of what is going on in this country involving COVID shit? The leftists can't let it go. Numbers are going down. People are getting better. Survivability is getting better. Everything's getting better. States are opening up. There's a reason why. They should have never been closed. The data is showing that states that complete and are still shut down are either are, are the same or higher uh, rate of transmission than the states that are more open. Uh, same thing with countries. The UK. I mean, all of these countries that have a complete shutdown, they, <laughs> they're they all the same or worse than the ones that were open. But all of, none of their arguments are real based on science. None of it. And it's, it's appalling that the reason why they won't let it go, have you ever seen government take power and give it back? Never. And I blame myself and the rest of the country for allowing them to take it to begin with. But here we are. Let we're, I don't know what we're going to have to do, but we're going to have to do something to end, end this lunacy that we're dealing with right now. Um, let's see. Okay, well, here's one that's pretty uh, relevant. Mass shootings. The mass shooting in Annapolis. Okay. They're so slow to release the details of this guy. They said we haven't identified the shooter. But he was a former employee of FedEx. How do you how do you know he's a former employee if you haven't identified him? Right? I mean, if, if you know he worked there, then you must know who the fuck he is. They're not releasing that. I don't know who he is. To me, the only reasoning behind that is because they're trying to slow roll out the information on him because he doesn't fit a certain agenda. But the agenda it does fit is that, A, he had a rifle. Now, that, that that's not even the important thing. The important thing is what I'm about to bring up about this. That's why I say the important thing, the, my point of bringing it up. My point of bringing it up is that it has absolutely been proven statistically that is same thing because the the logic behind the uh, research they did in this was actually based off of suicides. Whenever they have they have proven statistically, whenever there's a celebrity that people know, whether it be Hollywood or a politician or a sports star, who whomever, it doesn't matter, a celebrity, someone that people from all over know. Whenever there's in the news of a celebrity committing suicide, there is a, a big spike in suicides across the country from normal people. Now, the reason why they say is because look at how everybody's remembering this person. I want people to remember me this way. These are people who are already uh, battling with something. It's not a normal person that has been, you know, everything's honky dory and they see, you know, Joe Blow movie star commits suicide and they do it too. I'm not saying that can't happen, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people that are already, they're already debating or, or at least mulling over the possibility of taking their own life because of one reason or another, bad circumstances, whatever, do, you know, chemical imbalances and depression and everything. And that tips them over the edge. So that is what explains the uptick in that. 
They use the same logic trying to find out the same thing with mass shootings. Whenever there's a mass shooting, it's always followed by multiple ones. Why? What is, what is the correlation? The correlation is the media, the coverage, the infamy of the perpetrator. It has become, they become, they come, become infamous literally immediately. And obviously for bad reasons, but it doesn't matter. It's infamy. They're going to remember me for something. People are going to notice me. These are people that are already, again, like suicide. These are people that are already damaged, sick, depressed, whatever, because the majority of these situations end in suicide as well. When they're done killing, however many they're going to kill, they, they kill themselves. Um, they had, they, they see it as almost like a high score. Almost like they're playing, I'm not blaming video games, um, but they're almost as though they are playing a video game. They're trying to score a high score, right? This guy killed seven. I'm going to see if I can kill 10 or I'm going to kill 30 or whatever, right? So the media, the, and it happened yesterday. I forgot what news source it was, but they had, like the headline was mass, a mass casualty level one. A level one. When did we put levels on this shit? Because you're only like you are supercharging that concept of what I just explained. And believe me, if you think the people in the, the talking heads in the media give two flying fucks about the people that died, or that if it happens again, no, they 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 may cry crocodile tears, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Uh, I'm not going to say they're promoting it on purpose, but it almost seems like they are as, as egregious as they're being in this. That it, that level one, well, hell, I'm going to see if I can get level two. Or I, what's a level three? I'm going to see if I can get, just jump over level two and get level three. Right? I mean, it's you, you are setting the stage for this to be absolutely perpetual. I mean, it already is because of what the way they're doing. Names. Everyone knows Dylan Roof. Everyone knows... Um, well, fuck, I can't, now I'm talking about, I can't remember their goddamn names, but all the crazy assholes that have shot up, whether it be Sandy Hook, whether it be down in Florida, whether it be, uh, you know, wherever, everyone remembers these people's names because of the media. Okay. And it, it's, it, and the media says there's been 124 mass shootings. The fuck there has been. no. If there's a, a drive-by in fucking Compton and there was more than three people standing there that got shot at, that's a mass shooting in their book. But they don't clarify that. They don't clarify how a uh, a, a fucking trap house in Chicago, Southside Chicago, gets kicked, the door kicked in and everyone shot to take the drugs and the money out of there. That's considered a mass shooting. That's not the same thing as a a, a school getting shot up. Or a place of work, you know, it's not the same. But yet they're 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 painting a narrative, painting a narrative that these scary guns jumped into vehicles all by their damn lonesome and drove to this place, which is always a gun-free zone, and shot up the place by themselves. It was never a person pulling the trigger, but they're quick to say someone's name, but then leave it the accountability at that. The rest of it, it is the gun, unless it's a white guy, and then it's white supremacy. 
how it's always a white guy that's always white supremacist that's doing this shit. And that's one reason why. And I may, I may find out tomorrow or tonight that I was wrong. The dude was a white guy at FedEx in Indianapolis. I don't know. But typically, if it was, but that in the first fucking name, the first thing out of their mouth was a white male from Indianapolis named whatever, mass casualty level one. And that is why we are why we are where we are in this. Well, and the one thing that changes, in my opinion, too, though, is I don't remember a lot of the, these things happening in 2020. Now, why is that? All right, FedEx, FedEx are still open. Now, why are all of these mass shootings happening now instead of in 2020? Even in 2019, we didn't have as many as they're claiming we had. But 2020, we barely had any that I remember. Oh, no, that's because COVID was running the damn news cycle because that was the bigger boogeyman. That was the scarier boogeyman because that could reach out and touch everybody. Uh, and also they knew they weren't going to get any real gun legislation, pa- gun legislation passed. Whereas right now that's all the talk. And then, Oh, look, see, this is, this is why we're talking about this. This is why we want these weapons of war. They've changed from, uh, uh, um, semi-automatic weapon. They changed it from machine gun to weapons of uh, an assault rifle to assault weapon to now weapon of war. Well, there gener- there are um, general generalizing or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, making broader generalizations of the descriptive term to to describe the weapon, so that it's not they don't want to just go after your scary black rifles no they all they want to go after all your well oh that little ruger mini 14 is a is a a weapon of war uh your that uh high point is a weapon of war it's a what what was it 30 rounds 30 caliber rounds 30 clips 30 seconds or three seconds or per second whatever that dumb motherfucker said um yeah, that's what that's what they're wanting to do. So it's all of this stuff is, and I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. But this is this is getting completely out of hand. All right. Well, imagine you, the listener of this podcast, are sitting there. You work at FedEx. You're sitting there, I don't know, cutting boxes, loading boxes. Some asshole walks into the door, 15 feet from you, with a gun in his hand. You're carrying because you're allowed to. And maybe before the first shot is fired from that rifle, you park one in his fucking brain pan or tap three to the chest. Or maybe he gets one shot off and maybe hits one person and then you get your shot off. Now, what's the better outcome there? Shooting fish in a barrel? Or maybe even stopping him before he can ever hurt somebody? What do you want? Do you want to save lives or do you want to infringe on people's rights to save their own lives? Because I don't think that there were three or four uniformed officers sitting there in that FedEx facility waiting for somebody to start shooting people. They weren't. 
No, they're there to clean up the mess afterwards. It's not a knock on cops, but that's just the way it is. Cops can't be everywhere all the time. So that, what do you want to do? Do you want to save a life or, or, or multiple lives? Or do you want to say you did something by stripping freedoms away from somebody and stripping security away from somebody? Let's just forget about the freedom aspect, even though that's arguably the most important aspect. aspect. But the, the safety aspect, I feel a lot safer as I should when I am caring as opposed to when I am not for that very reason. You better come up behind me and put one in the back of my head if you're coming to shoot somebody and I'm there or someone like me or all of us. You better you better get the drop on me. Otherwise, you're going to have a problem. And I'm not tooting my horn. I'm saying I'm not even a, an awesome pistol shooter. But the point being is the more guns in a in an area, the safer it is. A, Armed society is a polite society, but not only that, but like the that stupid holster that looks like a fucking man purse that you, I don't even know what it's called. But the thing I like about it is that a gun is not a weapon. A gun is a shield because th- that does ring true. I mean, it's both, but it, it is, it's my shield from me being helpless. But this, I don't know where this gun where this gun push is going to end up. We don't know because we don't know how many Democrats, probably all of them are going to jump on board with it or how many Republicans are going to fucking turn coat and, and, and jump on board with them. Who fucking knows? Um, let's see. Uh, t-shirts for the podcast. Um, I have been trying to order some and I want the same t-shirt, different color, but, uh, the next level, they're good t-shirts. They're how everyone likes them. They fit nice. They feel nice. They look nice. Nobody's got them. Like, I don't know if this is some Corona shit or what, but I have been refunded my money twice already because they say they have them in stock. And then after I place the order, they say, oh, well, this, 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 and this, which is almost my whole order is not in stock. You know, here's some options. And it's like some ugly ass fucking color that I would never you know, have my logo on, but, um, yeah, so I'm working on t-shirts. I've, I've, I've placed two orders already and both got refunded and canceled. Um, but, uh, I'm trying, I'm working on that. So bear with me. So, uh, some rifle stuff. Um, I'd hate to do a whole podcast and nothing rifle related to it. Um, CL is, uh, changing it up. He's going to jump on the impact train wants to go the two lug route and, uh, and wants to try the impact out. So I have here, I have his ultimatum. It's the, uh, ultimatum deadline for sale. Uh, we've talked about it. It's a sweet, I mean, it's probably my favorite other than an AI. It's probably my much AI is actually a six lug, but, um, favorite three lug action is the ultimatum. Um, it, uh, it's, you know, as far as three lugs go, 60 degree three lugs, they are, it's got the best bolt lift and close. Um, it runs on rails. It eats dust, no problem at all. And, um, it's a, it's a hell of a rifle and it's got a, the six dasher barrel on it. It's got 1600 rounds on it. And I posted the ad on, on sniper's hide and I posted a picture or well, obviously of the barreled action. Um, it is a 26 inch MTU rock Creek 
with the same reamer that's in all my dasher barrels are um, are cut with a 104 free bore. Uh, I posted a picture of the last five shots out of that barrel, and it is a tiny little group. Uh, it's nice, and it is a stupid accurate gun. Um, and uh, he is we is selling it with. It has got the Gen 2 fire and pin assembly installed. It has a spare Gen 1 fire and pin assembly if you ever needed it or wanted to keep it and have it in your pack or whatever. Um, it's got, let's see, what else? Um, the action wrench. Um, it will come with an action wrench. And a spare, I don't even know why he even got this. I think Ultimatum just sent it to him. Um, but a spare fire, uh, bolt head retaining pin. Obviously, it's got the removable bolt heads, the retaining pin that goes through it. The Nucleus has one. The TL3s have one. I believe the Impacts have one. Um, all the removable bolt heads, they all have retaining pins. This has an extra one in case something were to happen to yours, which I don't believe it ever would. Um, but uh, I have that here for sale. And um, I listed on Cypress High, like I said, and it is uh, 1500 um, shipped and insured to your FFL. Um, so if any of you guys are interested in, in getting that uh, barrel action, I've got it here for now. And um, I'll, he'll, he's coming over to the house this weekend. He's just going to take it back with him and he'll send it with a picture of his driver's license and everything in the box to your FFL. So just to throw that out there, if anybody's looking one and, and interested, you know, going on Sniper's Hide, there's very few um custom actions for sale right now i don't know if it's the gun thing that everyone's scared to get rid of stuff or if everybody's happy with what they got or uh, who knows i don't know um there's a lot of defiances for some reason but defiances and like stillers i've seen a lot of those but i don't you know i haven't been seeing lately i haven't been seeing many custom actions at all i've seen some ais here and there complete rifles because people are going to the atx um, getting their pre-orders in for the ATX, but you know, a lot of ATs and AXs and stuff. But as far as custom actions, and I, honestly, I haven't seen very many deadlines for sale on like used deadlines for sale. Period. Like since they came out, I mean, I could probably think of maybe three or four that I can remember seeing um, for sale. But it's a hell of an action, and uh, you know, if if you're interested, um, give me a shout. Um, hit me up on Sniper Side. Find the thread. Um, or, you know, send me a, um, write a comment or whatever, and we can get it squared away and get it figured out. Um, and, uh, we can get you this kick-ass barreled action. Uh, let's see what else have I done, uh, yesterday. So been doing some load work up on the AI, um, Dasher. Um, and I, I don't, I didn't know one or another if I remembered what it was zeroed for, if it was zeroed at all. The Tika, I had literally just got the new rings to be able to put the scope on for where the um, scope uh, objective lens um, or the bell housing wouldn't, not the lens, the bell housing would clear the medium palma shank. Um, and it was obviously not zeroed. And I'm sitting up here in my reloading room and I look out my back window that I'm looking out right now. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I've got turkeys, deer, all, all kind of shit always in the back, in the field behind the house. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I got my, pull my binos up. And there's that one of those wily coyotes. And he's just trotting at a pretty good tick. He ain't, you know, m you know, mulling around, dragging his feet, but he ain't running either. I was like, oh shit. And I was like, I ain't got nothing zeroed. So 
I ran in there. I, the only thing I know I had zeroed was my 6.5 Grendel with the factory Hornady Black 123 grain ELDM uh, bullet. And I don't even think I'd even shot it at distance yet. I think I zeroed it and put it away uh, since I put the new scope on it. So I was like, all right, well, I knew I had built a profile, but I hadn't trued it yet. So I, that's what I was going off of. I got my my Vortex uh, Razor um, range find binoculars. Where he was at when I ranged him was like, he was at 450 on the nose. But he was walking kind of diagonal, kind of like to my right and kind of away from me. So by the time I got the rifle up, he'd already covered 40 yards. But I held my 450 dope, looked at my phone, 3.1, dialed. Well, no, I didn't dial because that scope I have on it doesn't even have. I mean, it's got a capped elevation turret, which it does. You can dial it, but it's just also capped. Um, and I didn't feel like taking off and dial it. I just, it's got a grid reticle. So I held 3.1 on them. And I, I can't really tell. I know it was windy yesterday before I came in the house. But shooting out the window, I can't really get a good feel of the wind from uh, but it was, I knew it was probably right to left. So I, I put, I put it right there in front. He's moving from my left to my right. So he's moving into the wind as coyotes typically do. And I held it in front of his shoulder. So leading him obviously. And I was like, well, hopefully the wind will just, you know, there's enough dog there to eat up the the wind correction so i let it rip and i couldn't tell if i hit him or not but he started spinning and biting at his ass like i hit him in the hind quarter and then he kind of took off with his tail tuck you know he he won't run in full tilt because i don't think he could but at that point i was like just spray and pray i was just like boom boom and he was running like darting it like just juking bobbing and weaving and I didn't hit him another time. If I hit him the first time, that was the only time I hit him. But uh, one time I did see dust kick up right in front of him. Um, so I got close on the – that was him moving as fast as he could go at that point. So I, I hope he fucking dies of a, sl a slow death of infection, that asshole. But I believe I got more than him to worry about. But he was a big fucking dog. He was a big coyote, furred up still. Um, and I got a nice silver coat, but I mean, there was no denying what he was. There was, I mean, I had binoculars, scope, everything on him. It was a thousand percent of coyote, but, uh, yeah. So hopefully he's uh, dying as we speak of infection or some shit. Um, uh, let's see anything else. Uh, the six Creedmoor I did the, the Tika six Creedmoor. I did put the first rounds down it. I think I've got 11 rounds down it. Got a quick zero on it. I haven't even gotten any, um, any speeds off of it yet it was just literally just to put some rounds down it and zero it and uh i did that so uh soon i'll be um you know getting some speeds and doping it out even though i know the, it's going to speed up but just uh just so that in that situation again i've got that rifle ready to rock and roll and uh shooting those 105 burgers from the uh federal gold medal match six creedmoor ammo I'd rather have had that yesterday zeroed than the Grendel. The Grendel is definitely not a wind cheater. That 123 grain 6.5 ELDM has got the BC of a fucking marshmallow. Um, so that 105 would have been much better suited. And 
Um, I've got uh, coming up here soon. I will be able to shoot deer on a deprivation permit. So I don't even know if I've mentioned this. I don't think I have. Me and CL, it was right before uh, he and Jeff were going to go shoot that match, the, the war match in West Virginia. He needed to borrow my pack. So I, I had an extra Eberly stock pack that I let him borrow. So we came here to, we ate lunch and we came to the house and the farmer that farms land around the house here was on the tractor and he was cutting the ditch banks and stuff. And I wanted my ditch bank cut because I've got like just shrubs and shit growing all on the ditch bank that I can't cut with a mower or whatever. So he had the big side mower bush hog to clear the ditch banks with the big boom arm and everything. So I stopped and talked to him. I hadn't seen him since last year. And he said, uh, Hey, what's going on, buddy? And I said, Hey, look, I want to know how much you'd charge me to cut my ditch bank. He said, well, I'll tell you what, did you shoot any deer this deer season? I said, yeah, I shot uh three, two bucks and a doe off the, uh, off the field for you. He said, good. Shoot them all. He said, I'll tell you what, I will cut your ditch bank for free. If you agree to get on my deprivation permit and just put a fucking waylaying on the deer out here. Cause I'm planting beans this year. And there is a ton of deer. I said, absolutely, there's a ton out there here. I, I normally count about 18 deer out here on a regular, any given day basis. Um, he said, what I'm going to do is, I'll probably apply for it the last week in April, right before the crops get planted. You know, you'll have to go through a background check and, you know, I'll give a copy of your license to, well, they will give a copy of your license to the game warden. He'll know who you are. I said, I'm not a big fan of deprivation permits because of the law is you got to shoot them and let them lie. You don't want them dead in your field because of your, your equipment might get chewed up with the uh, carcasses out there. He said, no, they changed the law in North Carolina this year. This year you can harvest a deer. I said, are you fucking serious? He said, yes, absolutely. You can harvest a deer on a deprivation permit now. Does only obviously, which I wouldn't want to shoot a buck when they're got, you know, velvet spikes coming out their head. Um, and, uh, I was like, then absolutely I will. So, because what they do here in with deprivation permits with the old law is, and I, I don't like this at all. Pe farmers would gut shoot deer so that they would run out of the field and die in the woods. That is like the most inhumane shit, but like right on cue of government, they don't think of things through when they legislate. Like think you're, you're all these animal rights and shit like that. So you're wanting farmers to either a tear up their thousands of dollars uh, equipment, or you want them to shoot deer in the stomach so that they run out of their field and die, not in the field. Or would you rather people shoot deer, harvest the deer, not waste the deer, humanely kill the deer, and and or donate the deer to good causes like the hunters for the hungry or, you know, I'll, you know, think it through when you're before you fucking stroke the pen. Well, they finally did that. And thank goodness. So I'm going to be out here putting a fucking hurting on these deer out here and I'm getting this Tika ready. So I think this weekend, maybe I'll get some velocities on it and shoot it at my target at 500 to verify and everything. You know, this, this six Creedmoor barrel will only have factory ammo run through it for probably its entire life. And given it's a hunting rifle, it's not going to burn a barrel out in a year. 
So it'll be a while for it speeds up. You know, it will speed up, but I'm, I mean, I don't know how long it'll be before I have 200 rounds down it. So, or 150 rounds down it. So I'll be okay with getting some good velocities and, and just verifying it at 500 yards and just calling it good. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, anyway, is there anything else that I've got? Where's my phone? Here's my phone. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Nope. That's, that's about all I've got. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on, uh, I'm going to see, I'm going to talk to Heath tonight and see about Thursday, maybe getting him Thursday's his good day to, to do this because he doesn't teach class on Thursdays and, uh, on the weekends, he obviously likes to spend the time with his family as opposed to hanging out with somebody else when he's away from his family so much during the week. So that's why he could do it on a weekend, but he'd rather spend that. And if I can accommodate that, I want to. So I'm going to see if I can get Heath on this week. If not, it'll be the next week. Um, uh, but, uh, oh, another cool thing. Uh, speaking of that, thought about it, uh, going back to jiu-jitsu. So Bruno Bastos is who comes and does our rank reviews. Bruno Bastos is a Brazilian guy, uh, fifth-degree black belt, five-time world champion, three-time Brazilian national champion. Dude is an absolute fucking monster. Like, he makes Heath look like a white belt. And that's not a knock on Heath, because Heath makes all of us look silly and punishes us when we roll. Well, Bruno does the same thing to Heath, right? Um, and he's going to be, he's, when we talk about that, he's going to be the first one to admit that. Um, but, uh, anyway, Bruno, uh, just had a birthday recently. We are talking and, uh, he, on his birthday, he's, he has a school, uh, Bruno's school is in Midland, Texas. Um, so if you're anywhere near Midland, if you want to do jujitsu, you need to go see Bruno Bastos cause he's a fucking cold blooded killer and he's a, a hell of a guy. But on his birthday, he shot guns for the first time in his life. Obviously, he's in Texas. He has to. But um, I'm surprised he's been in Texas as long as he has, and he's just now shooting guns. But when Heath told Bruno what I do, uh, we came up with the idea when Bruno comes back in July. I'm not sure if he's coming back in July for the rank review then or in November. I know he's coming in November. So it'll either be July or November. He's going to stay an extra day. And I'm going to teach him how to shoot long guns. I'm going to teach him how to shoot rifles. So, I mean, he shot some ARs and like some AKs and pistols and stuff like that, but he's never shot any bolt guns. And so, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an honor to have Bruno Bastos here shooting with me. Um, and, uh, it'll be awesome. I may convince him to do a podcast with me. I don't think it's going to be hard to, um, so we might make that a whole thing with me, him and Heath have a, a, uh, a, three-person podcasts about jiu-jitsu and his experience shooting rifles for the first time and maybe some stuff about him personally about how you know life in brazil was compared to here and everything it's gonna be awesome you know you you guys know i can talk to anybody so it'll be fun and i'm i'm super boosted about that so i i I really hope that happens and i have no reason to think it shouldn't so Anyway, guys, look again. Sorry for the break. I know I keep saying I won't do it anymore, but, you know, life gets in the way. It's getting a busy time of year, too, with, you know, summer around the corner and life coming up. We got soccer, jiu-jitsu, and baseball all going on at the same time in the Baker household. 
Um, and, uh, you know, shit gets cray cray. And I'm, like I said, I'm in, trying to get Heath nailed down. Um, I'm trying to think of who, uh, who precision rifle related. I want to get on next. Um, I've, I've talked to Frank and, um, we might get him on again. Uh, Keith Baker. I know I can get Keith on again. If you guys want to hear from Keith again, um, we can make that happen. Uh, either way, we're going, we're going, we're going to keep this podcast cooking guys. Uh, again, as always, thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. And, uh, I know this is kind of an impromptu episode. I just, I hate you guys not having something to listen to. Um, but, uh, here, uh, here it is. And I hope you enjoyed it. And, um, if you look, if you've got any comments on, on, uh, or deep disagreements with anything that I've said on this podcast or, or whatever, Hey, look, let me know in the comments. It doesn't bother me. It, I'm not scared. So I, I'm, I'm willing to have discourse with anybody. Um, and, uh, if there's something that, you know, you do agree with that you want to add to boom, hit it in the comments, um, share this with your friends. Uh, if your friends don't, you know, if you got some, some guys in precision rifle or new guys that you're trying to get into precision rifle, toss them my way. And maybe there's something they can gain from it. Um, uh, but anyway, thanks for the support guys. Um, I wouldn't do it without you. So cool. Hope y'all have a good weekend and I will catch y'all next time.